Welcome to Santa Barbara Talks with Josh Molina. It's my pleasure today to be here with architect Jeff Shelton. And it's going to be a little bit of a different kind of podcast today, a little bit, uh, uh, hopefully, fun and entertaining, because we're talking to an architect who is just fantastic and fabulous and somebody whose buildings, uh, you know, have a signature on them. So that's, we're going to go through them. But first, Jeff, how, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's dive right in. I want to talk to you about what I've been writing about recently, which is 700 State Street and this building that's on the corner of Ortega and State Street, where you are looking to, uh, you know, put the Jeff Shelton stamp on it. You know, we've got some blue and white colorful arches. We've got a palm tree. You're putting in sort of like a, more sunlight into the building. Um, and, and that rendering that you showed you know, at the meeting was like fantastic because obviously it's art, you know, and, you know, it's, it's like not going to look like that in terms of the streetscape. But um, I just want to ask you, like, you know, so Jeff Shelton's coming to, to downtown to State Street. Now you're part of this whole reinventing Santa Barbara conversation. So can you talk to me a little bit and talk to the audience about this project and what it, what it is and, and why it's so special? Absolutely. Well, every, every project is special. So I take on every project that like it's my only project and it's the last project I'm going to do. So, um, and, I, and, and quite frankly, I don't come to put stamps on anything. I sort of come to first resolve the functional issues. It's quite boring, by the way. I don't know if your audience wants to know about that, but <laughs> it's quite uh, meticulous, tedious, but solve the problems of the function from the inside. And then I let it drift out, drift outside. So, and then I see what I, I got. So it's really laying the whole, the whole base for, for the, the building to see what we have. And then looking at it from the outside, what does the street need? So what is, what is really the state street need in this case at that location? And so I try to keep, once again, I don't try to put a stamp on anything. I try to celebrate the situation. Mm -hmm and make sure it's appropriate for the for the owner and for the city and for the the, the person who's just walking by and um and if i if i stay on that path i think we're uh, it usually turns out now you might see some things that come back and forth into my architecture uh which might be considered a stamp of some kind but we're always playing with the plaster right we're always having a soft plaster that that these guys in town get to do you know these plasters fantastic plasters get to show their stuff and just put a little bit of their life in the building um i use tile a lot and that's what it says in the guidelines and so i use plaster tile and everything they say in the guidelines and um that celebrates that entry and it celebrates state street starting to starting to go uphill there leaving lower state mm -hmm. heading up um, and then one part of the program was also to turn it down, uh, turn it down Ortega Street. So a lot of these buildings, if you look at an aerial view of State Street, they're just a bunch of boxes with a front thin facade. So I wanted to make this building have some depth to it and turn the corner and hopefully commercial businesses, et cetera, businesses head down, uh, head down both, uh, both ways, <laughs> uh, Ortega Street and any, any cross street. Um, and try to keep, you know, this town's been a linear town up State Street. Let's, let's, let's broaden it up. People can walk sideways here, you know, they can head out to the neighborhoods. So 
and put all that together, try to celebrate those moments. That moment when it's all done, no one cares about our review meetings. But it, 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 it's, it's a corner building that starts State Street going up, up the hill and going down Ortega Street. So um, it's, so, it's celebrating and you know, try to keep it to the right amount of celebration, I think. Yeah. Do you think about these buildings, you know, at 2 a.m., does the idea come to you? Do you clock in at nine o'clock in the morning and say, I'm going to now design this building? Can you help me understand your creative process? Because you obviously are somebody who has a, um, you know, you, you do things differently than, than most architects in Santa Barbara. What is that like? For you, um, how do you think of these ideas? Well, like I said, I I, I really think of the, of the technical stuff first. Yeah. Try to understand the structure of, in this case, an existing building. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the code issues that are going to be coming up, exiting, etc. Yeah. Um, so I really kind of do not want to think about a design first. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's sort of uh, um, you, you just want to keep everything open. As soon as you start going into design, you maybe might start boxing yourself into a corner and remodeling some create some idea that you might get. So once I work the inside, work the functions of the inside, then I do start to wake up at two o'clock in the morning at that point, right. understanding what's left, what's available. And so the key is not to design too early mm. for me. If I have to, okay, but it might be somewhat superficial, right? So the more time I have to stop and get the, the functions uh, going, then, then those are the times when you're, you know, the, the, the so-called you're in the shower and you think of something or you're throwing a Frisbee and things come up and you can release yourself to seeing the possibilities. So that's a um that's a critical part to to not bring baggage i tell clients don't bring baggage to my office and i'll be my baggage outside right. and that way you know clients will come in and say my favorite thing is this and i'll say i don't want to hear about your favorite thing we're looking at the site right now mm-hmm. your favorite thing later might fit here but it might not mm-hmm. so i'll get rid of my favorite things if you get rid of your favorite things and let's see what we Let's see what the site tells us is needed. Okay. I want to talk about some of your buildings that I've written about over the years, but I just want to ask this question is how do you get away? And I don't mean that as a bad thing. Okay. Because, you know, I'm downtown with my kids or something and they'll be like, look at that building, you know, and it's one of your buildings. Right. So I don't mean that in a bad way, but how, how are you able to design these buildings in a city that, is known for strict, rigid standards at ABR, at HLC. Does your reputation precede you? They know it's Jeff Shelton, so they get, you know, they're going to work with you. And why don't we see other architects doing stuff like what you're doing? Well, first of all, the fact that your kids are noticing architecture is worth everything I do. So I I get that from kids. I get uh, parents bringing eight-year-olds in here. I, I get... 15 year olds, 16 year olds calling me to come into the office. So to, to see what the heck's going on. And so that itself means at least we're engaging them, engaging people. 
and I get older people too, by the way, but to have kids excited is worth it all. It gives, it shows them you can do stuff and you can have possibilities in, your, in their lives. And you can think maybe if you want to call it outside the box, I don't think it is. I think it's right where everything should be, but you can think and go and go after it. So um, as far as other architects, you know, well, as far, as far as what I do, I'm basically doing um, what I thought we were supposed to be doing. So, um, you know, I, I grew up in the, in the hills here and I watched the beatniks build their houses out of bottles and, you know, Frank Robinson and all those guys just, you know, that was it for me. I, that, that was, I was bit by the bug right there. Mm -hmm. I went to school and, you know, you think you know everything, right? You know nothing. And, uh, but you're turned on to these architects that take, that, that do a project from start to beginning everywhere from the building to the fabric to the to the forks and knives and so i sort of you know 1880s to world war one I, I sort of i guess fell in love with that idea of building people craft people in in the area building the buildings they're not out of catalogs they're built by people and that whole process is what i fell in love with and and i but i still thought and think that's what architects are supposed to do. So what other architects are doing, um, I don't understand that. I don't understand not doing this. Yeah. Um, so so it's, it's, a, it's a difficult question. I think I'm doing it the normal way, actually. Uh -huh. So, um, uh, and I've been fortunate to have clients come in for that reason. They want to be part of the process. And um, we've, you know, I guess I guess I get a, I get architects saying I'm, I'm lucky the people I get to work with. Well, we sort of we sort of invented it and, and nurtured it. You know, I have a, basically one contractor, but there's others, and a whole group of people that are these artisans, and I call it sort of a guild of some kind. And um, and and we get the job sites. Everyone is into it. Is this thing they're not showing up for just a paycheck. They're getting a paycheck. But they're showing up to participate in seeing how this thing turns out and making it a little bit better. So, so uh, why don't we have other architects? And I don't, I mean, obviously, I'm sure there's a lot of architects doing a lot of really cool stuff. But what I mean is, why don't we see more architects maybe trying to take a little bit more of that, that uh, approach or that attitude, um, not to copy you, but to sort of do things that are, um, you know, unique to their brand. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, we have to take a little bit of a chance. Um, and maybe I make money on some jobs and maybe I don't on some others. I sort of don't look at that part. Yeah. We just go forward. I'm not going to let a building get out, the drawings get out of this office if it's not going to be what I think is the best possible thing I could do. Right. So, that costs money sometimes and quite frankly i don't do that math it just i signed up to do a good building and it's gonna it's gonna work out mm -hmm. um and and you know I, i've got to go in for a, a earlier question you had about you said in quotes how do i get away with that you weren't meaning that but you know i come in there with every detail so 
I believe I'm actually doing exactly what review what uh, the rules, the guidelines say. Yeah. I, I come in with every detail worked out pretty pretty good, you know. So I'll, I'll work on it for five months and then show up there for 15 minutes. They got 15 minutes to tell me I'm doing a good job or a bad job. That's not an easy job those guys have, and yeah. they know that we're not going to let go of this thing until until we're drinking wine at the end of the job. At the, at, at the, you know, on the deck somewhere. Um, right. I think they do have faith in that because I will not let that happen. It, it won't happen here. Yeah. What were you like as a kid? You talked a little bit and I read a little bit of your bio, sort of how you grew up and you, I think you were raised like in a library. You didn't really have a, a traditional house until you were much older. Um, were you a creative, playful Legos kind of kid? Were you drawing? Were you sketching? Help me understand that part of your life. Yeah. Um, yeah I got to read that bio too. I should have read that first. <laughs> what, 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 what you say I did. But no, I, 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 I was the fourth boy of, of uh, family, fourth son. So my brothers, all artists, sort of invented the world for me. So by the time I came around, it was, uh, it wasn't I had to do that. It was that's what is done. You know, that's, that was reality. So, um, so it wasn't like, oh, you've got to be an artist. It was just everyone just did stuff like that. So that, um, that was, that was it. You know, um, my dad played the trumpet, jazz musician. Um, he ended up working at Westmont, but, um, you know, it was, it was always art. There was always some other way of looking at things. And the standard way of looking at things was not really honored very much. In fact, it was it was uh, a, a place you shouldn't go. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yet we did live. We rented an rented a library uh, in a library of an old boys' school. Then we had to move to the infirmary. Then we had to move to the classroom. So, yeah, we rented, rented, and finally bought something. And um, uh, so that was funny. When I got finally moved into a house in college, it was the first time I'd been in the house. Yeah, uh, to live, to slept in the house. Um, but I, I was, uh, did I, draw? everybody drew, everybody draws in the Shelton family in some way. It was sort of, that's our communication. Maybe it's like cavemen or something. Uh, that's maybe where we are, but the, you just draw and that's how you basically, one of the ways to express yourself. And so once you find out you're drawing from kindergarten on, you're doing all the drawings for every class. Um, but I think one of the great things that I have, I, I, I was got to have is a love for sports because that really helps architecture. And I was basically a hardworking a- a- athlete my whole life. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, all the way up through high school uh, with Jack Trigero at, uh, at San Rafael High School, perfect for me perfect combination of art and crazy discipline. Uh, somehow I ate that up uh, and I still eat it up. If, if I get defeated, it doesn't matter. I'll go you know, stand back up and, and, and take, you know, go after it again. Let's talk a little bit about some of your projects. Um, I wrote a long time ago, feels like a long time ago about the Ablett house. You know, it was the small but tall tower and Neil Ablett only, 
had this small piece of land. I forget the backstory on why he only had that, but uh, so he had this piece of land and I guess he came to you and or you came to him and said, let's build something there. Um, and and uh, it's a remarkable piece of architecture. Uh, people may see the top of it if they're around, but you really kind of have to go behind the hotel and the bar and sort of like see it, maybe get a tour. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the, the Ablett Tower and why you designed it that way? Well, I met Neil. I was working on the pistachio house and he came yeah. up to me and said, he and Sue, I, I was actually tiling a blanket up there. And they, he, he said to, hey, I'm Neil Ablett. I've got a lot I want, I, I want you to design a house on. I said, I'm too busy. He says, it's 20 by 20. I said, I'll take that job. <laughs> and, you know, without looking at it. So we got off the bar, went over, took a beer over to the lot, and he had a 20 by 20 lot he bought for five grand years ago to park cars for, for Ablett's cleaners. And so he just had two cars there, and the alley was all dirt. And so I went into the into the city the next day with little plans about like this big. And, the, and I thought I'd get thrown out, and the planning department said, you know, this might work. And I went to transportation, this might work. And I thought, wait, wait a second, I didn't get thrown out. So I told Neil, I said, Neil, I can't recommend that you proceed on this job, but I'll do it. You don't have to pay me unless we get a permit. Wow. So I called my bookkeeper up and said, don't tell me how much I'm spending on this thing. And we went through the process and uh, I got to hand it to the Landmarks Committee. They just shook their heads like, Jeff, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I guess it's in the middle of the block. No one will see it. <laughs> and uh, they were very kind. It's like it had all the elements of the guidelines, but maybe it didn't. Uh, I mean, they're just oddly put in a, put in that form. And they approved it. So I, I hats off to historic landmarks. And um, it, got, it got appealed by the uh, planning commission. And I, I went and backed. I went and overturned it at city council yeah. um, and, and um, it was, it was a job. I just, I, once I saw the lot, I had to take it and it, it just felt like it, these 20 by 20 jobs just don't come around too often. I better take it right. and lose money on it if I have to. <laughs> Did you have an inspiration? Were you able to say, Oh, I know of a 20 by 20 four story building. <laughs> somewhere else um, or is really just like, wow, I'm going to make something for the first time here. No, I didn't look around. I'm not, I'm not a great studier of things and I don't do research for anything. It was my inspiration was how can I get a car in and get the stairs up? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's all you did. Mm -hmm. And then I had fun with what was left. It was back to that first thing I was saying, find out what you can do and see what's, is there anything left on the table that to make the, more of an enjoyable pro project. I mean, the clients said they wanted books, wine, and um, something else, like a tile. So I gave them that, you know, they, and a blue stove. That's all they wanted. So, you know, we, we were building and they would come in sometimes and shake their head and go, oh my God, and turn around and go back. They, you know, I, I don't know if they studied the plans much, but they, the ablets were fantastic. They just let me go. So um, transitioning into one of your other projects, and I want to talk to you a little bit about, about the, dec the decorative part, the fixtures, how you decide 
the shapes of the tables, you know, the stairwells, the railings, um, looking at El Hardin, right, which has got this reputation for being, a, what is it, the Dr. Seuss building, it's been written about, it's got the clock that's goofy, and, you know, if you look at it, it's it's a little bit, uh, it's not symmetrical in parts, uh, but, you know, that's the building that people are like, oh my goodness, that's the coolest building ever, <laughs> right? So can you talk about, um, how do you, architecture, I guess, is, you know, one thing, but how do you, how do you decide the the decorative art elements that go into that. I mean, is that, is it collaborative? Is that just you and no one talked to me and I'm going to come up with this? I mean, it seems like a genius, creative genius kind of thing. <laughs> well, yes, the no one talked to me. I love that part. You know, I mean, let's not get too complicated here. I don't want, I don't need, uh, I don't need to vote on stuff. Yeah. I, I want to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. There are so many other things I have to filter it through um, that, starts to shape the building. Once again, very difficult building, very small lot, 38 by 54 or something like that. And how do you get the cars on and the stairs on? I mean, it comes down to cars around here. Get a car in there. What do you got left? Elevator, stairs, separation of exits. So that's what we have. Um, I'm going to get to that decorative part in a second, but they also this this owner at the time had a feng shui consultant they didn't want me to build anything in the center so so i end up taking advantage of that and end up with these escher-esque stairs that kind of wind away to get to an exit or to get to where the feng shui person wanted to get in facing the mountains you know stuff like that so i kind of liked those odd requests because it gives me a building you won't see somewhere else and um and I obviously uh, just got back from Spain because you can see where I stole building the, the idea of that building in southern Spain, Sevilla in particular. Um, they, they just use that gold gold band everywhere, that gold paint. And so I just I was so turned on by those buildings in southern Spain. I pot, let that one pop out right there, and um, and then. And then we, and then you just start playing with proportion and balance, openings, close, you know, you know voids, solids, dec- decoration, um, which was a, which was a, a uh, curse word in architecture school, by the way, and, um, and then I got they, they, they teach you not to do that stuff. Oh, so, yeah. dec- decoration. Oh. so I'm breaking all the rules I learned in college, but in in, in one one way, in another way, I'm doing them all. Yeah. But, and then, then the, the ironwork, I sort of put the ironwork on with its, how much strength it needs to be for the type of building, uh, visual strength. And, and, and the, the, the idea of the ironwork, but then I get with my brother and things might change, you know, you know, let's go look at this building. What do we really think? And so we might, we might have to alter part of the design to make it a better project. So, like for instance, that ironwork on the buildings that and El Zapato, they, the ironwork we wanted it to frame the sky because you're looking at it from above, right? So we, so we really wanted to make that the silhouette of the ironwork part of your experience. And um, if you have someone like my brother, there's nothing that's not doable here. You know, like he, I with da- with Dan Upton, the contractor, and my brother, 
I can get out the softest pencil or the wettest paintbrush and we can have fun with that because they're not scared by any any idea here mm -hmm. and uh and of course they'll bring a lot more ideas to to our to my brother will just sort of fold in a whole another uh way of looking at things mm -hmm. so your brother does the iron work much okay. of the iron work for your project all of it, yeah, all of it. Okay. So that's real collaborative. I mean, would you be able to do that with somebody who wasn't your brother? You think uh, you just, you kind of know, each other work, so well. not, not a chance. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you let's, let's walk over a building sometime. I'll show you. Yeah. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's unreproducible because it's done at that moment for that building at that specific location and each piece reacts to the plaster next to it or to the bin there. So he also takes each, like I, I do with buildings, he, he will also, this is David Shelton, by the way, is his name, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, um, takes every ironwork piece as if it's his last piece and the, and, and the most important piece. So it's that little handrail in the back. It might be the best handrail you've ever seen. It doesn't really matter. It's no front and back edges is important mm. doesn't really matter can you talk about the clock and where, where that came from yeah the clock was so originally i designed this for a guy um crazy guy crazy in a good good way mm -hmm. I, I, a friend um for, he had a travel agent kind of a high-end travel agency special trip thing so he was going to have his travel agency on the second floor and live on the top floors. So the idea was to have a clock, you know, I said, we've got a clock on this, like they do on travel, you know, you're traveling it. And so, but I want to just screw up all the numbers because time is different everywhere. So it's just, it just messed this whole thing up. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, as you do that, then you, oh, what are the numbers like? So, they're very Dolly-esque numbers. That is, they, they kind of twist out, but the shadows are these stretched out, warped mm. time numbers. Right. And um, in fact, the inspector saw those and said, Jeff, you got to, you know, you got to take those down. I said, go look at the plans. And sure <laughs> enough, they're all screwed. They're all messed up on the plans. Mm -hmm. Whether ever, anybody had ever seen that or, or focused on it, I'm not sure. So uh, talking about one of your other projects, looking at the Veracruz building or the Veracruz house, that's a little different, right? That's a bunch of um, like artists. Artists have been allowed to put up their work on the house and it creates this very uh, creative, memorable facade. Uh, tell me about that project. How did that come to be? And, and, and again, you know, super creative and colorful and, people look at that house and stare at it, you know, for a long time. Well, quite simply, a client who had I designed his house already at this point, not sure what else, but he came in and said, I bought this lot, Jeff. And uh, he told me where it was. And it was like a Thursday or something. Great. Fantastic. Uh, he says, you have time to do something? Of course I do. I'll do anything for this, this client. Mm -hmm. And I said, come back in the morning. And it just hit me with those old little, this is a brand new building, all the buildings around it, you know, turn of the century buildings. Um, needs to be a wooden building, 
wooden looking building. And, um, but I don't know, okay, here's, when did these things hit you? Maybe it was just so uh, deep into my soul that the building we used, the house we used to go look at was the Stanford Darling house over on Rancheria Street. And um, this guy, when he was 68, started painting his house with paintings all over it. So as a, as a kid, you know, a eight-year-old, we, we would take little pilgrimages there to look at this cool, this guy who's gone crazy, right? <laughs> or, you know, what some people might say, but I think he was brilliant, you know, just, he was doing what he felt to do. And he, he did scenes all around this house, Sanford Darling House. And, um, oh, this, this was, he painted his refrigerator, doormats, roof, everything. And um, of places he'd been. And so I did, I, I, I showed my client, I, I did a little watercolor. We're going to have paintings all over, all over this. He said, let's do it. So, see, I find good clients. He, he says, how are you going to get a permit? I said, don't worry about that. That's my job. That's why you hired me. And the city, once again, the, the review board says, they started to balk on it. And then I remember these uh, couple women on the panel said, go, let Jeff do this one. I mean, what's it going to, this is a good idea. And then they, they said, uh, they wanted to tell me what colors to use. And they said, no, let, let Jeff pick his own colors and their own paintings. And uh, just don't make them rude. Don't make them uh, obscene or political. So I got the job and you don't think about really how you're going to do it. If you did that, you probably wouldn't do it. Right. It, it's, it, it had no, I could never tell you how to do this job. So I just said, I'd do it. And then, um, got the word out. Hey, anybody want to do painting for me? <laughs> and um, here's what's going to happen. Go pick. And so I, we had all the panels cut and numbered. So people, I want number 32, you know, and I'm 32. I told them, you know, no dolphins, no rainbows, no unicorns, uh, something like that, you know, and and, uh, and and no political, no obscene. And the place for your thumb, something that turns you on, something I've never painted before. I don't care. Make it bold. I said, yeah. it's outside, make it bold. And we didn't know until 2000, November 2013, you know, I've got paintings everywhere in our house. I got paint all over them, all my clothes. We didn't know what this was going to look like until we put it up in one day. We stuck them all up in one day. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, it worked. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was better than I'd imagined. Yeah. And uh, every painting there has a great little story to it that, whoever painted has some rich story behind it. Why, why they painted that little scene in the forest, mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. And I read that you only do architecture in Santa Barbara. Uh, you know, you grew up, you know, in the area and uh, you take pride in that. Is that, is that, is that correct? Is this the only place you want to do your buildings or do you have other stuff other, other places? Well, let me see. Hopefully I'll take pride in what I put out there at least have the uh not be ashamed of it let's put it that way i'm not sure what the word would be but i do the best on every project i just i did work in la when i was before i moved up here back up here in 94 94 but uh it was chaotic down there nothing fit you know great project piece of crap great project okay you know gas station mini mall no one, you know, is, who cares? Um, great architects, of course, down there doing great things, but 
and the, and the system's chaotic, just absolutely chaotic. So I got up here and I had two, we, we had two small children at the time. And I just didn't want to work out of town. The mm. kids were small. So perfectly happy working here. So, um, and I like, I like being a local, you know, it's, it's all, you, you shop locally, uh, mm. get local food, let's hire local people. It's like all these friends I know, these artists that I know. So it sort of brings everybody together. People invest, you know, when we do one of these buildings, we've got a lot of people invested their heart and soul into it, artists and things. And so I think that helps the town. You know, it, it gives the town a little bit of, bit of a richness of, of all these investments that people put their heart and soul into. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why I love working here. Yeah. It is harder for me, since I'm such a singular designer here, working out of town. It's, it's, it's kind of a pain in the ass, but mm -hmm. I don't not take work out of town. I just, well, I, do, I turn it down quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, do you have, uh, like, I feel like if I were, if I had a budget of somebody who could own a house in Montecito and I wanted something that was, like, really cool, I'd call you up and say, hey, can you design me a you know, a guest house or, you know, this room, like, do you get stuff like that? Or is it yeah. mostly you do get a lot of that? Okay. And yeah. Look, at, I'm looking for a good client. I don't care if it's the biggest house ever, the most expensive house. I want a client that comes in here and is not scared off by this office right here. You know, it's a relationship for three years, at least it's got to work. Yeah. And, if, and if, if I see they're looking for something else, I'll send them to an architect that does that particular thing really well a lot better than me mm -hmm. so it's got to be this marriage that works or they don't want it and i don't want it yeah uh, i've done houses in montecito they're just not on this they're not as exposed as all these downtown here these seven or eight down here yeah um uh, you know right in this down in a wider circle there's probably 20 here okay. down, down this downtown so these get more attention these these ones houses play with with um semantics more and in, 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 in what is this architecture we're working with what is history um what is uh craftsmanship what is uh, what what are artists you know how how do we keep it how do we keep it in the house how do we keep control of it but there's a different language we get to play with downtown here montecito yeah i've done some houses that uh, came out very well so but once again, it's the client that, that's got to want it, too. A couple things. Let's uh, take a step back from your work and sort of talk about Santa Barbara. Obviously, State Street's in transition. Um, there's all this talk about State Street master plan, parklets, outdoor dining. State Street's kind of cluttered, depending on your perspective, whatever you want to call it, say it. Um, do you have any thoughts on on what downtown can look like from an architectural and aesthetic perspective you obviously um you know are working on the seven the, the 700 state street building there's talk of housing downtown do you is this something that crosses your mind do you think about state street and do you have any thoughts on that oh uh, definitely uh -huh. it should be all I, I it should be a pedestrian street it's long past due it takes a pandemic for people to for us to do it and then people oh yeah i see that that does work so um yes this 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 is the perfect climate for outdoor 
seating and outdoor living and and get the people get the cars and get and I hate to say it, get the bikes and off off the pedestrian zone. Um, let's just make it all pedestrian. You can walk your bike, etc. But this is one speed. Let's get all the speeds the same, so no one gets hurt. But this is it's lively. We've been sitting out there at the James Joyce Bar now for the last eight weeks since we got back to this stuff, and and there's, you know it feels like you're somewhere else because you realize you never do that here. <laughs> when you you know you sit in the street when you're someplace in Spain, not here. Yeah. So why uh, why don't we do it? Um, and this is a tourist town. Let's face it. it; wasn't that growing up here. I don't know if you grew up, but um, it was just a more of a sleepy little town here. So let's let's face it; it is a tourist town, and people do like hanging out more than they did. They did, and um, as far as clutter, I'm not sure what they're talking about. Yeah, they, they put a bunch of stuff up here to get through the pandemic because there were no rules. That everyone would have taken a little bit more time if they knew it was going to be permanent, right? People are just throwing stuff up there trying to keep their restaurant in business. Yeah. So clutter, I'm for more I'm I'm for more stuff, definitely. Mm-hmm. More action. We don't want cars out there. Yeah. Um, and then slowly we're gonna get or maybe quickly, we're gonna get a lot more people living down there too. Right. So you're gonna see those buildings go up. Uh, which I think is the right answer. Whether any of my friends or anybody can afford these places, that's another story. But, and that's, that's the tra- tragedy of this town. But we do need, if housing's gonna go, let's put it up there instead of up the Gabriota coast. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever served on an ABR or HLC? No. And, and would that be torture for you? Yeah. It'd yeah. be torture for them. <laughs> for I, mean, the- I don't think, look at, if you look at uh, something I bring in, I put a lot of thought into every detail I show them, okay? I put a lot of thought, and so I would expect on more public projects, people to put a lot of thought in, right? If it's an addition to a house back there, I'm, there's a lot of breaks here, by the way. You know, we want people to have inexpensive living, but if it's part of the town fabric, I expect, I would expect people to bring in a lot of great details, and I'll critique them. So that would probably last a couple of weeks, and they'd kindly ask me to leave. All right. Well, um, on that note, Jeff, um, I want to thank you for uh, taking this time. Uh, your work is incredible. It's memorable. Um, obviously, that's just from a, you know, a journalist perspective. But, um, you know, it is something that it is true. You know, my kids, you know, and I've got the seven year old and a 15 year old and both of them have said, Daddy, look at that. You know, and it's one of your buildings. I'm, I'm, that's the best thing I could hear. Bring them into the office sometime. Oh, okay. Yeah, they would love that. Any kids are welcome. Okay. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Appreciate your time and good luck with everything you do going forward. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate it.